it's the Betty Witherspoon Show. And here's Betty! Thank you, dear. Thank you, and welcome to the Betty Witherspoon Show, the show with a message. And the message this week is this. Join the Procrastinators Club. There's no rush. <laughs> Clever. Clever, it gets better. Let me ask Kenneth Williams here. Hello, Ken. Hello, Ted. If he would care to suggest something I could uh, try on my violin. How about an axe? <laughs> I, I think you misunderstand me, actually. I mean, would you care to suggest a song? Love to. How about the Wembley song? The Wembley song, Ken. <laughs> How does it go, the Wembley song? Wembley, red, red, robin, cause ba, ba, ba. Wembley, robin, ba, 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 ba. Long, long, wake up, wake up. Who can sleep with that going on? You know, if Al Jolson were alive today, he'd turn in his grave, he would. <laughs> In contrast, let me play this. This is the Fashion Haters song. The Fashion Haters song. The Fashion Haters song. How does it go, he may ask. Yes, I would. I knew you would. I'd like to ask. It's just like it. Fashion Hating Rhythm, you've got me on the go. Fashion Hating Rhythm. <laughs> Thank you, dear. Yes, they were talking to me about fashion. It just goes in one year and out the other. <laughs> oh, it isn't it? I like it. I have no interest in fashion. I'm oh, sorry. I don't know, Ken. I sometimes think it's interesting. You can judge people by the clothes they wear. Not Julie Edge, you can't. <laughs> oh, and why not? Because there's insufficient evidence. <laughs> Bookends, come on. <laughs> now, Nigel here is very fashion conscious. Very fashion conscious, you know. He's got a suit for every day of the year. Yeah, it looks like he's wearing it, too. <laughs> Nigel, don't take any notice. Ken's had his suit so long, some of the moths are claiming squatter's rights. Oh, <laughs> nasty. And that from a man whose suit is not just badly cut, but more like seriously injured. <laughs> Do you mind? Do you very much mind? I've just bought this suit. I was up in eastern Scotland at the weekend. Dundee? No, Saturday. <laughs> I, I went up at the, uh, at the end of last week by plane. Well, it was a jet, but it felt more like a by plane, you know. Well, anyway, I went off to see my doctor and told him I had to go to Scotland and I was afraid of the flight, so he said, take this, that'll be ten pounds. Ten pounds? Yeah. What on earth was it? A train ticket. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> I, said, no. I said, no, I will not do that. I'm not a coward. I must go ahead with it. So I arrived at the airport for the midnight flight, you see. And, uh, well, it was postponed till the morning, so I spent the next seven hours sitting in the lounge, eating whatever the snack bar could offer. Eclairs, rhubarb tarts, bacon sandwiches, cream cakes. <laughs> until ginger beer, of course ginger beer, and eight o'clock I flew up. I'm not surprised you were full of gas. You must have gone green. Anyway, to cut a long story shorter, there I was on Sunday morning buying a rail ticket back to London. Change at Newcastle, the ticket collector said. I said, I'll have it now if you don't mind. <laughs> what? Cheek. Funny thing, isn't it? At least I hope it is, but travelling often brings out the worst. You know, it brings... You're ahead of me, aren't you? It, it brings out the worst in people, I find. It does, but with me, no. It's just the reverse. The gentleman, always. I got on the train exactly the same time as this dear old lady. Uh, she must have been over 80. Poor dear soul. And she had a stick and everything. And, and, and both of us, it was we saw this one remaining seat. One seat, you know, at the same moment we saw it. Now, it's a sad fact that most people in this terrible world, believe it or not, they, they would have grabbed that seat and stayed on it, you know, they would. But, but not me. That dear old soul was obviously desperate to sit down. So you know what I did? I did the gentlemanly thing. Gentlemanly. I tossed her for it. I 
to Inspector, mind how you go spules. Oh, hello, ladies and gentlemen, and those of you at home listening to this broadcast in exotic lingerie. <laughs> this is just to say that we're looking for a man with one eye. Yes, typical police inefficiency, if you ask me. And in addition, we'd like to interview a man with a stoop and a dirty raincoat for peeping Tom activities. I'm due for some leave soon, and we've got to fill in the gap somehow. That is quite enough of those cheap jokes, if you don't mind, Inspector. Cheap Thank you. jokes? Yes. Cheap If you don't regard a votre step, mon ami, I'll lock you up for the night. Oh, what's the charge? No charge at all, sweetie. <laughs> oh, and Mr. Ray. Yes, Inspector. Sugar me, bright eyes. Sugar me. <laughs> Thank you, Inspector. How about you? I must meet him one day. It must be very interesting. <laughs> well, uh, and now, I really am sorry. I, that's all I can say. I, I don't wish to be the bearer of bad news but I'm afraid it's song time, it is. Once again, the Betty Witherspoon Chorale will waft you away on the wings of song if you're not careful. Neil, music, please. Oh, we are all part of Europe, yes we are. So let's go prancing down the street, shouting oh la la. You can tell I'm a European by all things I eat. I have spaghetti with me chips. I can't afford the blooming meat. I went to my local boozer just the other day. Tell. Well, now you're served by topless gendarmes. Oh, it's very gay. Changing fast, now we've joined the six. Don't know how the others are, but we're in a right blooming fix. At our factory, there's been a change. We've all stopped drinking tea. Oh. Now we swallow down the vino. Oh, pardon me. joke that VAT was the Pope's phone number, but now we've found out to our cost we've made another blunder. It's great when you eat garlic though Ooh. and join the rush hour queue, the people turn the other way and leave more room for you. And sadly, it'll never get in the top ten. <laughs> and I think it's lovely. Thank you, folks. Music, of course, is the food of love, though love sometimes demands a stronger diet. And that's what keeps the honeymoon hotel industry in business. <laughs> Let's go over now to one such hotel just near the Scottish border. Good evening, <laughs> people. Good evening to you both. Welcome to Gretna Green Honeymoon Hotel. Are you honeymooners or just up for a dirty weekend? <laughs> <laughs> honeymoon? 
honeymooners, of course. Ah, then may I add my personal blessings. Ah, uh-huh. oh, one blessings plus two blessings is three plus seven blessings. Carry one, What's he carry doing, four. Darling? Yeah. What's he doing, Counting his blessings, Papa. <laughs> blessings for me come a bit extra on your hotel Extra? Bill. Yes. Oh, now yes. may I kiss the bride? Oh. Mm-hmm. Oh, oh, there, that's three guineas. Three guineas? Yes. Three guineas yes. for a kiss? It has great sentimental value. Oh, this hotel has a great romantic history. Is it true that Charles II and Nell Gwynne slept here? No, not a wink, either of them. <laughs> Like to sign the re-register. Here's the pen. Five pence a minute to hire. There we are. Oh, now you'll be wanting the bridal suite. Oh, and if there's anything you'll be wanting, like help or advice during the night, I'll be just the other side of the keyhole. Get away! Yes, I see. Oh, these are your names, Mr. Fred Partridge and Mrs. Bertha Wales. What? I thought I was changing my name. No, it was me that was changing my name. I don't think you two are married. Mm. You're not honeymooners at all. You're dirty weekenders. Uh, How how do you know? You don't think I could live in a honeymoon hotel without Mm. learning something of the ways of the world, do you, sir? I I didn't think there were so many ways that I came here. people stay here weekends without batting an eyelid. No, I don't bat an eyelid, but that's because I might miss something. And <laughs> the, the not killers stop you blinking. Well, look, are we staying here or not? Not unless you're married. And that can be arranged for small consideration. One truth, plating off, better off worse, five pounds. For as you're a poor art, seven pounds. Yeah. And six in health, 25 pounds. In six, but not in health, 50p special offer. Payable over nine months or one pound a week for as long as you both shall live. Are you on? Yes, all right. Right off we go. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here. Thank you, thank you, ladies and gentlemen. And now it's time to move on to our documentary feature. Yes, friends, indeed, it's time for Witherspoon's World. And this week, Betty's subject is celebrations, which these days can be summed up in the phrase, eat, drink, and be merry, for tomorrow you may be broke. <laughs> but if you celebrate with a drink, a word of warning, never drink on an empty stomach, be wise, and have a couple of beers first. <laughs> One thing. One thing is certain, however you celebrate, you need money for it, you do. The Welsh residence, Hendon. Mrs. Raquel Welsh speaking with her voice. Oh, Raquel, dear, some marvellous news. What news, dear? The shop hasn't caught fire, has it? No, no, dear, we've won the pools. First dividend, we got eight score draws, all correct. Eight score draws, all correct, I <laughs> Did you remember to fill in the cross for no publicity? Oh, forget about that, Raquel. Now that we've come into the money, we can buy ourselves a flat in Mayfair. You can move in the best circles, dear. Drive a Rolls Royce. You can lose your accent. Stop, stop, not so fast. When we say we can buy ourselves a flat in Mayfair, that we can do. Move in the best circles, also possible. Drive a Rolls Royce, certainly. But lose my accent, never. Once a cockney, always a cockney. (laughs) Well done. Thank you. Thank you, Mrs. Rackle Wells. But of course, another large section of our population celebrate every summer and Christmas by flying home to Ireland. Hello? 
Is that London Airport? Yes. Well, could you tell us how long it takes to fly to Ireland? Yes, just a minute. Thank you. What? He- hello? Hello? <laughs> <laughs> Think about that, you see. You see, he said, how long does it take to fly to Ireland? <laughs> Is it just a minute, you see? That's it. Oh, well, please yourselves. <laughs> Back to our theme of celebration, and as anyone knows, the best way to celebrate anything is in a bar over a few drinks with a beautiful girl. Although we only met this evening, your supper butching I must open my heart to. I've never gazed upon such beauty before. I want to lay park lane at your feet, drink champagne from a silver slipper, buy you jewels, exotic perfumes, and a thousand other wonderful things. If you want to, my darling, we'll fly this very evening to Paris and then on to Rome, Madrid, India, the Taj Mahal by moonlight, my dearest. Oh, yes, dear. yes, yes, yes. Go and prepare yourself, my Venus, my Juliet, my Cleopatra, my Helen of Troy. When you're ready, call, call me at the number on this card. Oh, yes. My Rolls Royce will come for you and whisk you to my private jet. Is this your private number at your townhouse or your private estate? No, dear, it's the fish shop over the road, but they'll take a message. <laughs> One event you always have to celebrate is your wedding anniversary. I was out buying a present for our anniversary in a big store the other day, and the saleswoman said, Can I interest you in a beautifully embossed letter opener? I said, No, thanks, I married one. <laughs> That sent her off with a flea in her ear, I can tell you. But while we're talking about celebrating marriages, let's just go back for a moment to see how Mrs. Raquel Welsh sets about it in Hendon. Uh, look, dear, our eldest daughter, Hester's getting married. We've got to make a show of oh, it. Oh, I know, but there's no need to be foolishly extravagant, so let's keep the guest list to a minimum. Well, huh? I have, dear. I've cut it right down to 1,372. <laughs> well, that's just from our side of the family. 1,372? But, Raquel, we don't know that many people. There aren't that many people in Hendon. Of course there are. There's your side and my side, the brothers and sisters, granny, great-great-granny. Then there's all the cousins, first cousins, second cousins. 10th cousins and all their relations by marriage and of course Lovelace Watkins (laughs) now that's not counting strangers everybody has at least 100 strangers at their wedding You know, dear, I think 1,372 is cutting it down a bit fine. Well, all right, but there's still the guests on the groom's side to consider. Oh, well, that's etiquette, of course. It has to be. It's only fair to give him a completely free choice. Whoever he wants. Either his mother or his father. <laughs> now, in Scotland, they're now using a boiled egg because it makes the marriage more binding. But... <laughs> But we can't leave the question of celebrating... (laughs) We can't leave the question of celebrating without finding out exactly how they set about it in Scotland. So we go over now to the Isle of Skye. Hello, good evening and welcome. And here I am near a lock in Skye. Okay, that's right. Yeah, super. And, and I understand that you've got something to celebrate. Ah, uh, that's right. Angus and I got engaged and had a party. Oh, super. Really wonderful and super in, in every way. <laughs> Was it a Porsche affair with lots of gifts? Ah, uh, but it was fearfully expensive. We'd only been in the pub two hours and bang, went 50p. Yeah, 50p. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Uh, may I see your engagement ring? Ah, uh, it's a diamond cluster set around a sapphire. Ooh, is it real? Well, if it's not, Angus has been done for two pounds. Yeah. 
Well, that's all we can stand of Witherspoon's world of celebration for the moment. And thank you very much, Miriam. Splendid, dear. Back to the old people's home. There's a good girl. <laughs> but really, no, I must be fair. I must be fair. She's a splendid girl underneath it all. And, <laughs> and there's a lot of it all to be underneath, believe me. But don't laugh. She's still getting over her celebrations, you know. She's got a terrible hang under. <laughs> She doesn't mind. She's a lovely You know, we're constantly reading about prisons and prisoners and how difficult it is for an ex-convict to settle down outside. I wonder what it's, what it's like in that final interview. Oh, Locksmith, Locksmith, come in, old chap, sit down. Uh, now then, little boy, that's all right, Locksmith, man. I believe you're all coming out of prison next week. No, that's right, the tunnel was almost finished. <laughs> tunnel? But, man, your time is ending with full remission. <laughs> and the Home Office have asked me to help you find a new job. Uh, what did you do before you came in here? Oh, I was a trainer. Oh, really? What did you train? I used to train washing machines to fall off the back of lorries. <laughs> <laughs> uh, very droll, very droll, yes. Is there any trade you'd like to learn? Uh, safe. Breaking. I'm told there's good living in that. I don't think so. I'm learning, you know. I can do broom cupboards. Well, yes. <laughs> Can't you give me the brush, are you? I really don't think we could... <laughs> get you a retraining grant for that. Oh, know. well, here you are. Have a cigar. No, thank you. Yeah, it's all right. It's one of yours. I just nicked it out of your briefcase. Now, here, Larkspur, you're making it very difficult for me. I, I want to find you something straightforward and honest. Understand? It's not about being a clerk. Oh, I'd like to be an accounts clerk. Oh, that's fine. Then I could get down to a spot of embezzlement. Oh, <laughs> God, heavens, Larkspur, this is terrible. You know, you're obsessed by crime. Oh, I'm sorry, Your Honour. Oh, I'm sorry. It's mixing with all these hardened criminals. It's no it? good, Larkspur. It's no good. I just can't. Help you. Well, there's only one thing for it. I'll just have to stay on here and do another term in my present job as prison governor. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, we proudly present Betty Witherspoon's Theatre of the Air. This week, we present a story of lust, passion, violence, and the burning sands. Yes, it's Blackpool Night Out. <laughs> Nigel, I was just wondering whether you'd do something special for me. Oh, for you, Ted, what? Belt up. <laughs> I'm glad you're whack. Two pounds a week, they try to take the show over. <laughs> well, I'm getting two five. Ladies and gentlemen, we present a tale of the Foreign Legion. Eric Fortescue Carruthers Smythe, christened Mavis by a short-sighted clergyman. <laughs> And his father was bound over to keep the peace. <laughs> and he has been accused of cowardice for refusing a second helping of his fiancée's hot pot. <laughs> Amongst other things. Presented with 24 white feathers, he flees in disgrace to Paris to seek his fortune. Amongst other things. There, like so many men before him, who've been presented with the white feathers of cowardice, he puts them on and signs up for a season with a folly bergère. out on his ear. <laughs> Thrown out on his ear, amongst other things. <laughs> he signs up for service in the notorious French Foreign Legion, and soon he was writing letters home. Dear 
Dear Peter, I report to Fort L for letter Monday morning. And, and by Monday afternoon, I had a uniform. Cappy, boots, and putties that fitted me perfectly. I don't understand it, Peter. Can I be deformed? Private Smith. Private Smith. Are you looking for me, old man? I don't even know your old man. <laughs> My name is Deboeuf. Deboeuf, and I am your roommate. I say hello. I say hello too. <laughs> Private Smith, we have been ordered to capture the Red Shadow, dead or alive. What, him or us? Him, you fool. Oh. I'm not afraid of death. You're not? No. I am ready to shed my last drop of blood for La Belle France. How about you? Well, actually, it's not the last drop of blood I'm worrying about. It's the first drop. <laughs> <laughs> you joke. English joke. Eh? Fine. Good. Oh, now, look. Before we march out at dawn, we have time for a carouse in the Brasserie Babette, <gasps> the notorious topless bar and motorway clip joint. <laughs> that is it. Yeah, yeah, they're, they're all fully clothed. I thought you said this was a topless bar. It is. There's a hole in the roof. Oh! <laughs> right, women boob. Was you referring to me, Naughty? Oh, 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 yes, I was referring to your Naughty. But sit down. You look tired. De Boeuf? Oh, you want something? Uh... Stop playing the gooseberry. Leave us alone for a moment and instead play us some romantic music. Okay. Oh, you mean he can play? Oh, he's very good on the violin. Oh. I will play my bogey song. you to the French Foreign Legion? I'd rather not say. What makes you so uneasy? Is it your conscience troubling you? No, it's these damned uniforms. <laughs> oh, Babette, I dread the morning and our meeting with the Red Shadow. Oh, darling, don't tell me you're afraid. Oh, I won't. I'll have you know, Babette, I'm no craven coward. You know, once I... I climbed the Matterhorn. My, my, that is a foot to be proud of. Darling, you mean feet. Oh, you climbed it more than once. Oh. <laughs> Darling, I know why you're here. You're forgetting a woman. Yes, I'm forgetting a woman as soon as possible. <laughs> oh, do you mind if I take off this uniform? It's so hot in here. Not in front of all these people. Have a care, sir. No, thank you. I've already eaten. Darling, <laughs> let me take a memento into battle with me. Let's go to your room and take off all your clothes and I'll do you in oils. Oh, darling. You mean you were an artist in civil street? No, no, dear, I was a cook. <laughs> and so, with that joke of Jimmy Tarbuck's still haunting them, our intrepid legionnaires marched out to meet the Red Shadow. Join the nation, that's what we'll do, and what we'll do, we'll find the war. This is no time for Joseph Locke impersonations. Don't you, don't you realize the red shadow will hear us? We'll have to stop. stop. We will have to stop. Sacre bleu. We'll have to stop. I've had hell with my feet all day. So have we. Put your blooming socks back on. <laughs> all right, men. You may fall out for five minutes. Stop it. You see, when he said fall out, he didn't mean fall out. He meant fall out. Truth. How, how did Ben Wallace get a job in the French Foreign League? All <laughs> oh, things are possible, you know. All things are possible. Oh, oh, but I'll tell you something. What is that? This liniment. Oh, oh, smile. This liniment doesn't half make your feet smart. Well, why don't you put some on your head, mate? <laughs> <laughs> 
Please, your mayor smiles. Yes, sir. I want you to call to that sand dune over there and act as lookout. Is that a fair order? I can't complain. Oh, what a great. Why do you say that? It's forbidden. And so, and so Legionnaire Smythe crawled over to the distant dune to act as lookout. Hello, Tommy. Filthy puss No, certainly not. Very filthy puss No, to hear, no. Come on, Tommy, filthy puss Filthy puss No, right then, how many do you want? Huh? <laughs> Come on, here. You're the... You're the Red Shadow, aren't you? Oh. Advance and be recognized. Oh. Halt and give the password. Death to a legionnaires. That's close enough. Run for your life! Oh. Oh, no, 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 that, that uniform you wear, Tommy. It look like uniform of French Foreign Legion. Are oh, you in it? Yes, mate, right in it. Run for your lives! Oh. It's the Red Shadow! Oh, oh, oh. How am I, Doc? It Doc. is me, Babette. Oh. You're in hospital. How am I? You're going to be all right. Oh. The doctors have managed to save your legs. Oh, 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 good. Yes, they're going to give them to you on the way out. Oh. <laughs> oh, the pain. The pain. Oh. I must have from that terrible joke. <laughs> Yes, well, you see, the red shadow got you right in the oasis. Oh! <laughs> oh! Oh, the pain, the pain. What about, what about my decoration, then? My award for valor, bravery in the face of the enemy? Well, darling, they gave you the Croix de Guerre. They did? Yes, then they took it back again. Uh, what? Oh, yes, it all comes back to me like a nightmare. I lost two fingers in my fight with the red shadow, and I didn't notice until I tried to salute the general. <laughs> oh. Yes, and now they've sentenced you to the worst punishment in the French Foreign Legion. Oh, no, not that. No, no, say it's not that. Yes, I'm afraid so. What? Touring in the Desert Song with John Hanson. <laughs> Uh, what can I say, ladies and gentlemen? Thank you very much. Next week, the Betty Witherspoon Theatre of the Air will perform that famous work about the ice cream salesman who invented a completely new flavour which tasted of parrots and then mislaid the recipe. It's called, wait for it, Parrot Ice Lost. <laughs> but in fact, that's not true. And I regret to say this, this happens to be the last of the series of the Betty Witherspoon show. Shame. So I'd like to say on behalf of Miriam... Nigel, Ken and myself, and of course, dear Betty with a spoon, bless her, goodbye. The Betty Witherspoon Show starred Ted Ray and Kenneth Williams and featured Miriam Margulies and Nigel Reese. The music was by Neil Innes, the script was by Michael Whale and Joe Steeples with additional material by Fred Metcalf, Peter Spence, Chris Allen and David McKellar. The violin was played by Ted Ray and The Fool by Kenneth Williams and the programme was produced by Simon Brett.